You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 39. Today on the show, I have got a special guest here with me who's going to show you how to tap more deeply into your audience's pain points, nurture them in a way that keeps them coming back for more, and scale to six figures simply by learning what numbers to track in your business, even if you believe you're not good at math. So if you're sick and tired of cookie cutter marketing techniques and you're ready to make your business work for you on your terms, then stay tuned. That's coming up next right here. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Before we jump into today's episode, I've got to give a shout out to our featured listener of the week at CHARP1206, who says, this podcast is so motivational. It found me at the perfect time in my life because as a workaholic mom, I often find myself not having enough energy for the relationships and the friendships in my life. I am so ready to apply all that I'm learning to my everyday routines. This means the world. Thank you so much for sharing this review with me. And if you're listening right now, do me a favor, DM me your mailing address over on Instagram at Courtney Elmer underscore. So my team can put a little gift in the mail to you as our way of saying thank you for being here and for being one of our loyal listeners. And remember, for you listening, when you leave us a five-star review, you'll get the chance to be featured as our next listener of the week. And I'll give you a shout out right here on the show. Now, today's guest is a woman on a mission to help entrepreneurs, especially busy moms, create thriving six-figure businesses on their terms by simplifying and streamlining their businesses, which allows them to scale and grow quickly and easily while raising their family. Today's guest is a woman on a mission to help entrepreneurs, especially busy moms, create thriving six-figure businesses on their terms by simplifying and streamlining their businesses to allow them to scale and grow quickly and easily while raising their family. Allison Hardy, our guest here today, has been featured on Huffington Post. She was named one of Washington, D.C.'s most influential professionals under 40 by Washington Life magazine. And it's no wonder because her work is helping women work less, serve more people, and build a business that works for them and not the other way around. See, so often in this world of entrepreneurship, you're told you can create a business by your design, but then the more you learn, the more pressured you feel to conform to the way everyone else is doing it. Well, if they've had success, I need to do it like that in order to have success too, right? And what most struggling entrepreneurs never realize is that this is a broken way of thinking. Your business isn't going to work by reusing the same cookie cutter marketing techniques that you see in the online space. Your business should be unique, just like you. And Allison is here with me to show you how to stand out in a crowded marketplace because there's a lot of noise out there. And lucky for you, because you're here listening to this right now, you're going to learn a different way to build your business. Because like you'll hear Allison tell you, you absolutely can make this whole online business thing work. You just need to get strategic about it. And that's what she is really friggin' good at. 
She's going to help you ditch these ineffective cookie cutter marketing techniques so you can learn what to automate in your business to save you time and show you how to connect more deeply with your audience and nurture them in a way that keeps them coming back for more. I have a feeling that you're going to walk away from this episode with a whole new perspective on what you can do right now to create a business that serves you and your family first and foremost and serves your clients and customers in a more meaningful way too. Are you ready? Let's roll the tape. Allison, I am so excited for our conversation today. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Yes. Well, I can't wait to dive into your story to hear more about your journey. And first, why don't you just start by letting our listeners know who you help and how you help them? Yeah. So I help mompreneurs who are looking to scale their businesses to six figures on their terms. So a lot of my clients come to me and they've had, you know, some sort of success, but they've had the like aha moment. They see the writing on the wall and they're like, I don't know how to get more without working more. So I don't know how to help more people. I don't know how to increase my income without putting in more hours. And for 99% of my clients, they don't have that luxury of putting in more hours. So we work together to figure out kind of a better working business model and how to more effectively leverage their time so they, they can hit the six-figure mark. I love that. And whenever you know a mutual friend of ours introduced you to me and she's like, you've got to have Allison on the show. And I, when I found out about what you did, I was like, um, yes, absolutely. Because... I find it's the opposite. Like when you become a mom, often our time that we thought we had gets really compressed. So then it's like the challenges of building our business and actually scaling that with even more limited time and what that looks like. So I would love to hear your own journey and how you even got started doing this. What inspired you to start your business and specifically working with mompreneurs? Yeah, well, I didn't really have a choice. I got laid off at six months pregnant with my first uh, from my quote unquote dream job. I was a faculty member at a local university. I'd been teaching college level art for 10 years. And in a moment, my job was gone. And the thing about it was at the college level, hiring happens every March. You get, you know, you do like the the interviews during the spring. And then at the end of the semester, everyone gets together and decides if you're hired. So I got laid off in April. So I missed the whole hiring process for that next year. And the thing about it was like, they knew that. (laughs) I was like, couldn't you have laid me off like a month earlier? I could have like figured this out. So the thing was, you know, I wasn't gonna be able to interview for another year. And then the jobs don't start until August. So like I was like a year and a half out from a paycheck. And uh, my husband was a youth pastor at the time and we couldn't live on his salary, like wasn't able to happen at all. So I had to make money. I had to make money really quickly. And regardless of, you know, the laws and the rules, nobody's going to hire a six month pregnant woman. I had a high risk pregnancy. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I wallowed and cried for about a week. And then I was like, you know what? Nobody's going to do this for me. We don't have any money. So like, I got to figure this out. So I had this super part-time side hustle, personal training business. I know this sounds totally weird and out of left field because it was, but I would like train my friends in our backyard on the weekends and they would come over and like we do mimosas and work out. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I have that. 
but I'm going to have a baby pretty soon. What do I need to do? So I actually partnered with an MLM to offer their nutritional supplements alongside of my personal training services. So I brought everything online and still had my one-on-one in-person clients, but really like scaled that online portion of my business pretty quickly. And I replaced my nine to five income in those three months before my little guy was born, which is crazy. And that was six and a half years ago now. Wow. Wow. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy time. Yes. I can only imagine. Well, first getting hit out of left field with something like that, that it's like, okay, now I have to figure this out. You know, what is this going to look like going forward? And I can imagine just that turning point that was like, okay, either I'm going to move forward and figure this out on my own, or I'm going to have to find another job. Or what was that process like for you? Did you notice a lot of self-doubt coming up in that, you know, and getting started? Or were you just kind of like, no, I'm all in, I'm going to figure it out no matter what. Oh no, I was absolutely terrified. And that fear actually held me back from a lot of things. So I was totally in like scarcity mindset. Like I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough expertise. So I like manhandled everything. I was in control of every single thing in my business. And you know, as, as great as it sounds that I replaced my nine to five income in the three months before my son was born, as much as I, you know, increased and like as much as I went up, it all came crashing down around me because I was so afraid to screw up. I was, and everything was so like, this is a do or die moment, or I have to make this work and I have to get this amount of clients. And everything was so forced that I totally burned out. Like I was working like 16 hour days. I wasn't cooking nutritional food. I had a high risk pregnancy and like, I had terrible self-care. It put me into preterm labor a couple of times. Like it was crazy. And then after my son was born, I got hit with a hearty dose of postpartum depression, which was just so delightful. So couple like new mom, postpartum depression, working like a crazy person. And I just burnt out hardcore. I remember like sitting (laughs) with Camden and like, I remember him sleeping on my arms and I remember sitting at my desk and just like doing the ugly cry and mascara running down my face. And I was like, this isn't I actually probably didn't even have mascara on because I probably hadn't showered in three days, but like big, ugly cry, like this is no longer working and I don't know what the heck to do. So yeah, it was a terrible time. Yeah. So many of our listeners can probably relate to this right now. I know I can. I actually have Mm -hmm. a background in MLM as well. And while there's a lot from the outside looking in that would maybe cause others to perceive that you're super successful. Like you said, oh my gosh, I replaced my income in three months and like, it sounds amazing, but all the work that went in and all the effort and energy that goes on behind the scenes. And so, you know, from the inside looking out, it can feel like a very different picture. You know, I remember for me, it was like, I felt like the first, furthest thing from success. I felt like everything was just crashing and crumbling and, you know, hitting that wall and just really operating from this scarcity, like you said, of being so afraid to screw up and so afraid to make a move because, oh my gosh, what if it's the wrong move? So I know people listening can relate because I think as high achievers, we've all found ourselves in a similar situation at one point or another. And I'm curious, what happened next for you? Like when you were holding Camden and in that moment, just like, oh my gosh, you know, is this all there is? Did something shift for you right then or or what came next? Yeah. I actually, that next day I canceled like everything. I think that was like a Wednesday and I had like, you know, I had back-to-back appointments Thursday and Friday and I canceled them all. And I went out and got coffee with one of my friends and she was like, what are you doing? Like what? Like I didn't have any makeup on. I was wearing sweatpants and like, that wasn't me at the time. Now maybe yes. But like at that time I, that was not me. I was a type of girl who always had makeup on. I always had like jeans and a nice top on and I looked like a mess compared to what I normally looked like. And she was like, 
what's your deal? What is going on? And I was like, it's just not working. It's not working. And she looked at me and she was like, Allison, don't you think that like other people are feeling this way? She's like, from what I see, from what you post online and what you're telling me, like you've been successful, but that's the farthest thing that you feel right now. You'd feel like a total failure. So she was like, don't you think that other people are doing this too? And maybe it's time for you to like stop pretending and to be a real and honest and like shut it all down and help people with this exact thing that you're dealing with. And I was like, yes, you're probably right. (laughs) And, And just her saying that to me, like almost like giving me that permission really gave me like I finally saw, okay, like maybe all of this had to happen in order for me to help other business owners make this not happen for them. And as soon as, as, soon as I transitioned my business, I announced one-on-one coaching that I had five spots open. They were filled for my audience. And I was like, crap, I wish I should have just done that from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, first of all, thank God for friends like that, right? The ones right? that can just like sit us down, look us in the eye and be like, hmm. You are not on a good path. <laughs> Come on. Let's I don't know what now. you're doing right now. <laughs> this right. isn't working. <laughs> I know. Oh, so grateful for all my friends at that moment in life, family members, however it has come. Like I've had many moments just like that where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, okay. I need to take a look at this. Mm-hmm. And then also on the flip side of that, like, wow, you know, and I always say this, I feel like our businesses are meant to heal us in some way. The things mm-hmm. that we experience are there for a reason because it helps us to tap into our gifts and our strengths that we can then turn around and help others through that exact thing. Okay. So you had these coaching clients, five people like immediately responded like, please Allison, help me. So what did it look like from there? Yeah. I mean, that's all I did for the first two years of my business coaching business was one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. And what I started to realize was number one, I was getting kind of burnt out. Number two, I was kind of resenting my clients. And number three, I was answering the same gosh darn thing over and over and over again. And I found it to be really exhausting. So, you know, during that time, during those two years, I had systems in place, right? I had like trainings that I wanted each one to watch. I had all these resources for them. So that when they got on the call, I wasn't answering those, those questions over and over again. And finally, I was like, why don't I just sell these trainings? Like, if I'm, if these people have these questions, if these like 50 people I worked with in the past two years all had these same questions, again, hello, light bulb moment, like other people have these questions. So why not put this into a course? And that's when I got really invested in group coaching, in course creation, in membership sites, in masterminds instead of one on one coaching. So I shut down the whole one on one coaching thing and I went right into like the one to many offerings. And that's really when I started to see results. Like I started to consistently make money. Whereas before one-on-one coaching, you're kind of in a little bit of a feast or famine sort of experience, or at least I was because of just the way that's kind of set up and that's fine and great, but it does I don't think it's setting you up for the long term, and you're not effectively leveraging your time. So if you can serve one to many people and make more money and help more people, like why wouldn't you? So that's kind of where I've gone to from that. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing you say, and this is what I love too. And I think so many of us, you know, we start out in business and some of us kind of fall into it because we have to, or because we just find ourselves there. And like you, like all of a sudden I'm coaching these people and there is a bit of just figuring it out along the way. And what did you say? You spent two years one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. 
I love hearing that you were just kind of tuning into those signs of burnout and tuning into like, eh, okay, I'm starting to resent my clients, like all good signs that something needs to shift and change and how you tapped into starting to serve one to many and really leveraging that. And then also for those listening to keep in mind that like, if you're just starting out, it is okay to be where you are and to figure it out. You don't have to have it all figured out right away. And for you, it sounds like the training and the courses that you were able to create came from the experience that you got listening to people's problems and getting really good at figuring out your ideal client and their pain points and why you know they needed help and how you could serve them, which then translated really well into being able to offer this you know, to more of the masses or on a bigger scale. And that sometimes it that doesn't happen overnight. It can look like a, pro- a journey. And it has definitely for me, it's been a process. I relate to that on so many levels. And so in scaling your business, what were some of the ways, you know, I know one of the things you talk about a lot that I would love for to dig into a little more with you is this idea of automation and really figuring out how to put the structure into your business so you can free up your time and energy to kind of stay in the forefront, you know, and really do the things that light you up and inspire you and energize you. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. 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 So your business needs to show up for you when you can't show up for it. So life happens, summer breaks happen, spring breaks happen, kids get sick. Maybe you have a baby, your husband works crazy hours or your spouse works crazy hours, you know, whatever it is, like life happens. And so when life happens, there should be something that does the work for you in the background that you can lean on during those times. So for me and for a lot of my clients, that's a, a, an email sales funnel that actually sells things for you instead of just like gets people on your email list. Email list growth is great and awesome. But I do think that like the misconception in the online space is that sales funnels are dead and they're not. It's just because they're not done well anymore. So there has to be some sort of mechanism that sells for you. An email sales funnel is a great way to do that because you can set it up, you can let it run for a little bit, and then you can read the stats. And I think like a lot of times in our businesses to eliminate the emotions, especially during like a stressful time, possibly, leaning on stats in your business can be so effective because it helps you make decisions logically instead of emotionally. And anytime we can (laughs) remove those emotional decisions from our business, I think the better. So like you can look and see, hey, these open rates are really good, but nobody's clicking. Okay. So what can we do to make people click? You know, you can go through like with a fine tooth comb and really look at your stats, but you know, like having something to sell for you is awesome. And then having some sort of trigger so that when you do sell for them, having some sort of trigger so that when you do sell that thing at the end of your sales funnel or in the middle of your sales funnel, whatever it is, takes them out of the sales funnel puts them into a new funnel that offers them the thing that they bought and then puts them through a nurture sequence so they can actually implement and know, okay, this is step number one. Okay. I got email number two. That's step number two. So that you're serving them in a really big way and you're nurturing them in a really big way without actually doing the work. You've done the work, you set it up, it's a system and it works for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love sense. this. Yes, that makes total sense. What I'm imagining though, there's probably some people listening right now that are probably like the, when, the moment you mentioned the word stats, they're probably like, oh no, no, I'm not yeah. good at numbers. I'm not good at that type of thing. You know, all those beliefs that come up there and it can almost feel really overwhelming. So then therefore they take no action. Or yep. maybe even for those listening that are like, okay, I've heard about funnels. I know about this, but I have no idea where to start. It feels so overwhelming. There's so many moving parts. 
what would you say to those people? What word of advice would you have for them? Or just maybe even simply, you know, where they should look at starting based on, you know, they might be coming in from any level of business right now, but if they don't have a funnel, if they feel like they're not good at stats, where should they start and what should they look at first? Yes. Number one, I think that if you're going to run a business, you need to lean into your stats. Like there's no way getting around that or hire someone to do it for you. You got to know your numbers because how are you supposed to know if something is working? If you don't know what your numbers are, it's just like money. You got to track your money so that you know, Hey, I have this amount of money in the account or Hey, I just had my best month ever. Or, oh my gosh. I hit the six figure mark. That's awesome. How are you supposed to know that if you don't track your numbers? So taking that information and applying it to sales funnels. Yeah. You got to track your numbers. You got to know it because if you don't, you don't know if something is working or something could not actually be working, right? So like, let's say an email isn't getting delivered because you forgot to turn it on or, you know, things like that. You've got to look at the numbers to know what's actually happening in your business. So I think that's really important. I think it's a mindset shift that a lot of people need to make. You need to rewrite that story and tell yourself, I'm going to figure out my numbers. I'm going to become good at this. I'm working on this. This is something I'm doing right now. And that's okay. And then the second half of your question, where to start with like even writing an email funnel, there are tons of free resources out there. A lot of times your email CRM will have some resources for you or find a coach that does this in their business and download their freebie, get to know them, see if they're, you know, what you want and how you see if you guys jive with one another. And if you guys might want to work together, I think that's really important because a coach can fast track your results for you. Instead of you relying on Professor Google all the time, you can just work with someone. They can give you the information, get it done, and you can move on. Yes. Oh, I love that. So, so good. And I think too, the, the main thing of what you said that jumped out at me was like looking at it as a reason, instead of looking at it as a reason not to grow, looking at it as an opportunity to grow. Instead of letting those beliefs and those stories hold you back and be like, okay, this is why I can't do it looking at it from a different lens and saying, okay, this is an opportunity for me to learn. And we all start somewhere. None of us have it all figured out from day one. And it is a process. It is a journey. And something else that I really love, and I feel this is kind of a perfect segue into this, is this idea that, you know, of how you help women create businesses that serve them first. And one of the things that I hear a lot from my clients and students is, you know, well, oh, but that's selfish. Or, you know, I have to take care of everybody else first, you know, and it's just kind of, that's their default mechanism. They don't realize that's their default state. But I think as, you know, we're often conditioned that we can't necessarily have a business that serves us because of whatever belief or story, you know, insert X, Y, or Z reason as to why we can't have that. And I disagree with that. I know you would disagree with that. So let's lean into that a little bit more and talk about, you know, how do you create a business that serves you first and foremost? Yeah. So I think it's important to, like you were saying, lean into that belief system. Why do you believe that? And if you don't believe that, are your actions saying you believe that? So if you're telling you know, yourself that story that I got to, I got to make sure everybody's taken care of before I can do this. Like everybody's never going to be fully taken care of. It's like the people who say I have to clean my house up before I go to work and it like cuts into my work hours and I don't get everything done at the end of the day. Like your housework is always going to be there. <laughs> your kids are always going to need something. So like you have to understand that if you have a mission, if you have a desire to scale this business of yours or to even start a business of yours, something has to give at some point. And I'm not saying 
that you have to be a okay mom. You can still be an amazing mom or a wife or friend or whatever the heck you want to be. All of that can still happen. It's just a matter of figuring that out and what that is for you. So like for me in my business, an example is I am big on creative time with my kids. I have an art background. So like me making art with my kids is really, really important to me. And we make art every day. Now, every day I may not cook a home cooked meal every day. My toilets might be dirty, but like for me, like that's paramount that that is over everything else. And so if I can make art with my kids, at least on a weekly basis, not maybe not every day, those other things don't really matter to me. They're nice to have, but they're not like the thing that motivates me. So sometimes I think it's a matter of like figuring out the thing that motivates you in your personal life and then making sure you do that so that when you do sit down to do your work, you feel filled in that area so that you can actually sit down and fill your cup in in your business area. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And so, so important because I think that is really one of the most powerful ways that we can begin to navigate overwhelm and stress and just everyday anxiety that we might feel is to actually take the time to back up from our life a little bit and zoom out and look at the things that aren't working very well. Look at the things that the areas that we want to grow, that we want to see better progress in and not just business. It could be personal stuff too, you know, relationships that may need attention, or maybe we need to cook better meals for ourselves. So we have the energy to give back in other ways and looking at whatever that is for you. And I think that that is the key point of what you said. And that I love so much is because our culture tries to force all of these different things we should be doing on our shoulders when really that's not necessarily what we might need to be doing for our life and our family and our goals and where we want to go. But so often, one of the things that I see, a mistake that I see a lot of people making is they're just living in their life and never taking the time to look at their life from almost an outside perspective to really hone in on the things that are working or that aren't. And then to figure out, okay, it's not just about saying priorities. Like, yeah, I want to get eight hours of sleep a night and drink so much water a day and eat healthy and like have my life all perfectly, you know, planned out, but just honing in on those areas that might need some attention right now. And an example of this in my life, you know, down here in New Orleans, we had Mardi Gras a couple of weeks ago. I was sick with a cold before that. After that, we went out of town. There's been birthdays through the family, that parties, different things. There's just been a lot. Daylight savings time. It's like, seems like one thing after the next for the past four weeks. And so driving home the other day, I said to myself, the one thing that we really need to focus in on next week and get back to is just simply our family dinners. We're, we've always been good about that. Sitting down 6.30 at night, we have dinner together. We've gotten away from it with all the life stuff that's happened. And so... Yes, I want to get back to my meal planning. Yes, I want to eat better and get back to my workout routine and all of those things. But what's the first thing that needs to happen? And then just identifying that and focusing there, focusing your energy and attention there. And then once that's taken care of, then moving on to another thing. Yeah. And when you have that thing in your personal life that like lights you up, it makes those other like secondary things a lot easier. So like you can get back to your workout routine because you're having your family dinners. Yes. You know, that's so important because it, you know, when you have that, I view it like a ball going down a hill or a snowball going down a hill. Like it's the thing that starts the momentum and then that momentum builds and builds and builds. So once you have that one thing done, it allows and opens the space for these other things to happen more easily. And before you know it, you have this amazing life that you love. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. I love that so much. So what's maybe one tip or word of advice that you would have for those listening right now who are totally resonating with what you're talking about, you know, automating their business, you know, implementing these steps in order to create a business that really serves them when life happens, what would you want to leave them with today? Yeah. What I would want to leave them with is number one, your business doesn't have to look like anyone else's. Your business has to actually fit into your life. So let's say you've been doing one-on-one coaching for two years and it's the only thing you know, and you're scared to start that course. Like, you know, you need to start the course. You answer the same questions over and over again. That fear is blocking you from the success that you want. And I would argue you're probably experiencing like an upper limit problem. Like there's probably something that's going on that's capping you and it's you, you're capping yourself. So try to be open and do the work to become open to other possibilities in your business. Just because that really successful person that mentored you, which is great and awesome, did this thing, doesn't mean that it's the exact right fit for you. And you never know if something else is a good fit for you until you try it. And it's okay to fail. And it's okay to be like, you know what? That didn't work. I'm shutting that cool, crazy thing down. And that's okay. It's a part of the process, but you never know until you try it. So lean on the idea of being adventurous, being open to new ideas, and that it's okay to fail. It doesn't mean it's not a death sentence. It doesn't mean it's all done. Yes. So good. And I think just approaching it with curiosity, that was a big lesson that I had to learn in my own business, you know, because I got really stuck in that mindset of like, oh my gosh, but if I make a wrong move, you know, I can't, I can't afford to make mistakes. And so much is hinged, you know, and I'm just like put all my eggs in one basket and be like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't work, then I don't know what's going to happen next. And when I flipped that around and just started approaching it with curiosity, like, okay, so what if it doesn't work? What will I learn from it? You know, how can I apply that to something else that I implement next time? And it just changed the whole energy around it. And it made it so much more fun. It made, it felt lighter. And like you said, just leaning into that and, and looking for, you know, those steps that you can take it. You're never going to know if you don't try and you'll never make forward progress if you don't try. So what's the worst that can happen? I agree. I still yeah. agree. Well, Allison, I have one question that I love to end on every time I have a guest that comes on the show. And I'm really curious to hear your answer. And the question is this, what is your definition of success? Oh, what is my definition of success? My definition of success is working with phenomenal clients and spending time with my family all in the same day. I love that. I love that. Best of both worlds. Well, our listeners are probably going to want to connect with you. Where do you hang out on social? How can they find out more about you and what you do? Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's called the Six Figure Mompreneur Podcast. So I'd love for your listeners to join me over there. And then I have a Facebook group called the Six Figure Mompreneur Community. Awesome. We'll link up to all of that in the show notes. Allison, thank you so much for your time today. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. Now, look, if you're sitting here listening right now thinking, wow, I definitely want to know how I can start working less and still have a successful business, you can have the freedom to take a day off whenever you feel like it without feeling guilty and spend more time with your family without worrying about all the work stuff running in the back of your mind, then here's the next step to take right now. When this episode ends, you're going to go to CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO and register for the brand new free training I just released where I will walk you through the proven five-part effortless life method that we teach our students and clients to help you create a business that you run, not one that runs you. 
When you go to CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO, you can be the first to register for this brand new training. So drop what you're doing, go grab your spot now at CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. That's CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. And if you've ever got a question that you'd like to ask me, I'm a real human. I hang out on Instagram all the time at Courtney Elmer underscore. And that's where you can find me. And I'd love for you to send me a DM with your questions. I love hearing from listeners like you. And I look forward to seeing your name pop up in my feed there soon. Now, coming up next week here on the show, we are talking about the quickest way to identify your audience's core problems and why this is so vital to your business success if you want to get noticed in the noisy online space. And we'll talk about your niche so that you can finally know if your niche is right for you. So go share this show with your entrepreneur friends and let them know that's coming up next week so they can tune in with you and learn how to become the effortless CEO of their business too. Until then, go live your effortless life. I'll see you back here next time. As you might've heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop, where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients. Just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 